like I, I mentioned in my piece, like you start, you start to see hope and you cling to those things because ultimately I think that's the hardest, one of the hardest emotions to overcome is feeling hopeless and finding motivation. Um, and that was a hard thing to do. And I think you truly just have to, you just have to try to change your mindset. And if you try to wake up every morning and go into the day with a positive mindset, the day might suck, but you might have one positive thing that happened. And Hi everyone, it's Marcy Bullock. Welcome back to season three of Wolfpack Career Chats, the anchor season. A, ambition. N, networking. C, compassion. H, health, both mental and physical. O, organization. And R, resilient. Enjoy the pod. Listeners, it's Marcy Bullock. Today I have Merritt Lemley with us. Hi, Merritt. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for spending some time on the podcast today. I was telling you before the show started that you're only the second student I've ever interviewed for on this podcast because normally I talk to people that are a little bit beyond the student demographic about the transition to the work world, but you're currently a senior in accounting taking my class and I'd love you to tell your story. Yeah. So I, like you said, I'm a senior, um, been at NC State all four years, really, really loved my time spent at NC State as a whole, but I think a lot of people can attest to the fact that life's not always perfect. Um, I, life hit me pretty hard at beginning of my sophomore year. Um, It was all my friends coming back to campus, so excited for the year. Um, I I think I was excited too, but it's hard to really like find yourself in such a big swarm of people. And I think I was really struggling with a lot of like identity issues and it kind of just spiraled before my face. So you were saying, so sophomore year, everyone was coming back and a spiral started happening and you had some challenges with your identity. What was, what was going on? Um, I think it was, I just couldn't really identify like what was troubling me. I think there was not everything is perfect all the time. Maybe some of my friendships were rocky, um, like past exes and like stuff like that. Just not really knowing like who I was and what made me me. And I started having some issues with like body image and stuff like that. And that led to me like slowly having a poor relationship with food. And then kind of once that started, it just all spiraled out of control. And I never expected that whatsoever. Like you you think you might have a grasp on things. Like I remember sitting there genuinely thinking like, Oh, I have this under control. Like, I'm not happy with like what I look like right now, like what I feel like right now. So I'm just going to do X, Y, and Z till I get to a certain point And then like, it'll be fine. I'll just, life will go back to normal. And I think the fact that I was struggling so much with like my identity, that became my identity. It like, I latched onto it and it was fed by like, you'd go around and people who don't understand these types of things and would comment on like, oh my gosh, Merritt, like you look great. That's like ding, ding, ding. Just 
fed the issue even further until it was basically like not really in my control anymore. I mean, it was in my control, but it got to the point where I think you just feel in such a rut, you don't care to do anything about it. And that was where I struggled was just, I I truly did not care to find any motivation, like to be better. And so I spent, I mean, years, probably the better half of my college experience in this place. And, um, it, it was dark and it was, it was, it was really hard. And I truly got to the point where I didn't see there being a time where it wouldn't be like that anymore. Um, and I would to family, I mean, family members and friends and clearly everyone's so worried and you tell them, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. Um, I'm, I'm trying, but that's, that's just not the case. I, I say that because even though I'm in such a miserable place, you don't want to worry your family and friends and family. Um, and so you say those things, but I think, and along with eating disorder comes so many other things like anxiety, depression, it becomes this hopeless feeling of like, how could I ever pull myself out of this? Yeah, I definitely hear you. And, you know, as you're, as you're going through the chronology of what happened with, you know, thinking about your body image, about food and your relationship to food and people making comments to you, um, that this became a disease and, Mm -hmm. and it threatened your life, didn't it? Yeah. Yes. It was, I don't think a, a lot of people truly understood because, I mean, at one point, I, I didn't understand. I actually had a friend who previously had gone through an eating disorder. And I remember talking with my boyfriend of the time and like not understanding it at all. Like I, it didn't make sense to me. Like I thought she was beautiful and like, why, why she's so critical of herself? Like, and I think you think, think of eating disorders on such a superficial level when you've never felt how devastating they are mentally. Like it truly becomes like, not even almost about the food in itself anymore. Like I, I could acknowledge a hundred percent that I looked very ill. I wasn't like pleased with the way I look anymore. It doesn't even become about that. It's, it's just this whole other just tornado of emotions. And, but yeah, I mean, it, it got to the point where kind of, like I said, like you tell your family members, like I'm doing fine. Like they, my doctors and my parents wanted me to be admitted and I just knew I didn't want that because one, I didn't care. I truly did not care. And two, I knew like, okay, I'll be admitted. They'll pump me full of nutrition and I'll gain weight. So I am physically healthy, but my mind is going to be still in the same place. My mind is not in the headspace to do anything about this. If they, if I go and they make me physically healthy, I'm going to leave and I'm still going to be feeling the same way and eventually probably end up right back where I am. Um, so yeah. 
So you were really opposed to any kind of inpatient treatment and you know, all the people around you that love you were, were realizing that this is serious. Uh, so how did you come to realize you needed to take it seriously? So I, I had a, a, my therapist that I talked to is truly like one of my favorite people in this whole entire world. And I think she's really, she has always, I know, believed in me and I don't like, would never be upset with my parents or my friends or family for not because it definitely seemed as though it was probably hopeless. I I didn't have any hope. So like, why would they? Um, But, um, so my boyfriend of the time, we had been together for a long time and he was someone that would not let me bullshit. Like he would, I would be saying, like I said, these things like I'm doing better, blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, okay, well, what, what are you actually doing? And so I think he was a real, like, he threatened my eating disorder. Like the eating disorder, like does not want to be messed with. And he was a threat to that because he was truly one of the only people that would call me out for it. And, um, I mean, he had many talks with me. Um, I remember one time and he said, like, I see a future with you. I see all these things, but I can't put myself in this position for you to not always be here. Um, or say like one day you do get better, but you've done so much damage to your body. Like you cannot have children. And I remember that conversation. I mean, it made me so sad and upset. And I remember coming back to school and telling my friends about it. We had this conversation when I was here in Wilmington. Um, and you know, it's like, it's things like that, that it would give me motivation for like two days or three days. Like we would have conversations like that. And then it was just, I mean, it was hard. Like I couldn't, I didn't have, Receiving motivation like that from outside people was enough to kind of like light a little bit of fire under me, like give me a spark, but it wasn't enough to keep me pushing through the days like where things were just so hard. And I think my like moment of real true clarity came when my said boyfriend of the time, um, he broke up with me and told me it was like, it was really just time for me to focus on myself. And there were some other things going on too, but I just, he had seen me for years, not make any changes. I think he was scared. I think he knew that I needed, this was something that had to come from me and I needed to focus on this myself. And I just remember in that moment being devastated because I've watched I had watched this eating disorder take so much from me. It took all of my memories away from my friends. Like my friends share all of these great memories that I'm not a part of. Like nights I remember just laying in bed crying and all of the horrible, horribleness. And like, that was one thing that I feel like I almost felt couldn't be touched, like our relationship. And I put a lot of emotion and like, weight on that relationship to almost like keep me going and it wasn't there anymore and so in that moment I kind of was like okay I there's either two things I can do here I can go retreat like further into my illness 
at this point, let it completely take over my life. And that probably truly would have been a death sentence for me, or I can try and fight like hell and get over this. And that I chose the latter option, thankfully. That is, uh, wow, my heart is just kind of beating fast listening to this. And I, and I know it's a happy ending because I, I see you today in my class as such a brave woman to even be able to share this story and to talk about those dark days that many college students face because there's a lot of pressure on people to look a certain way, to act a certain way. And you can start comparing yourself and watch it spiral. And then to see you realize that you were going to fight back and how strong you are is really an inspiration. Um, Thank you for sharing all that, Merritt. I I know you did a post that you mentioned to our class that we will put in the show notes here, um, which it went viral, it sounds like. Tell a little bit about that and what happened with that post. Yeah, so I really had been wanting to write something about my experience for a while. Even back when, before I would say I truly started like recovering, um, an emotion I would feel a lot, I think, was anger and loneliness. Um, the anger kind of came from like just society as a whole. I think the attitude around like mental health, eating disorder specifically, I felt a lot of shame for my situation. I felt like People viewed me and thought of me differently or thought of my eating disorder as like a thing of vanity. And that really frustrated me. And then the feeling of loneliness was truly just feeling so alone. I didn't feel like I could relate to anyone. Like I know that when I would talk to certain people about it, like they completely didn't understand where I was coming from and that's not their fault, but it truly just gives you such a lonely feeling. And, um, but yeah, so I wanted to write something about my experience for a while and was finally motivated to do so. Um, because unfortunately over the last few years, I've just witnessed, um, people from Wilmington that are mutual friends, um, friends of friends just throughout the community in my age multiple people take their lives, commit suicide. And it's just, it really weighed on me. Um, because at one point, I mean, I never was going to commit an act that would physically take my life, but every single day, that's kind of what I was doing. And I had accepted that I knew either I get better or I die. And I was fine with death. I had I had accepted that and thankfully I'm, I am where I am now, but I just felt that writing something that it seems like more people could relate to than I ever thought possible could help someone, whether it's them just feeling not alone. Like I, I truly think that that was one of the hardest parts. Like, reading something that they could relate to, like knowing someone else has possibly felt some of the same emotions. And also I I really hoped that people affected by those deaths, like friends and family or just people affected by being close to someone with a mental illness could maybe read 
what I said and have some sort of understanding. Like the people that they've lost from this or the people that they are close that have a mental illness, like it's really hard. I'm sure a lot of people don't let others in and don't really explain their emotions like that. And, and so now, and it was very hard for me to do so when I was stuck in the middle of everything. So I just hoped, I mean, you can, peace of mind is not the right thing to say probably, but maybe just bringing them some kind of understanding um, was another hope of mine. But I was sitting in my room one night and I, this was a few short days after hearing of a kid, um, a young kid, a year younger than me from Wilmington. He had taken his life and I was just sitting up up in my room at school reflecting on it and I just sat there and I wrote and I am not I when it comes to English I I got uh I got a C minus in my English class. I do not like to write about things that aren't important to me. But sitting sitting down and writing my story came very natural. I think it took me about thirty minutes to write the piece that I wrote and it just came off the tongue and it was a very emotional experience, I would say, um, writing. I've had a journal for a while and talking with my therapist, like I love writing in it, but I really have to prepare myself because I think putting your thoughts into words like that makes you confront a lot of things that you just put to the back of your mind, you know? Um, so it was a very emotional experience sitting there and writing it. Um, but I'm glad. And I, I think that I, got out a lot of the words that I wanted to be saying in that moment. That that just gave me chills thinking about you hearing about the the person from your hometown who completed suicide and it really inspiring you if you could touch just one person and they could relate to you and see that they're not alone. And hopefully some people listening to this will get that same message that when you're in that dark day crying in your that is is not hopeless um and i think you titled it life is worth living right yes yeah and this uh this is why i think it's great to continue these conversations about the stigmas around mental health and to help people realize that there is a way out and even though you didn't see a way out you finally saw a way out. Um, and this is a lifelong recovery, right? So what kind of advice would you have for people that maybe can relate a little bit to feeling depressed or feeling anxious? I would just say there. this is like a common thing said, I see, especially mentioned um, in regards to eating disorders, but I think it just completely is relevant to everything. But recovery is 100% not linear. Absolutely not. I mean, there were days where, like I, I mentioned in my piece, like you start, you start to see hope and you cling to those things because ultimately I think that's the hardest, one of the hardest emotions to overcome is feeling hopeless and finding motivation. Um, and that was a hard thing to do. And I think you truly just have to, you just have to try to change your mindset and if you try to wake up every morning and go into the day with a positive mindset, the day might suck, but you might have one positive thing that happened and holding on to those things and 
understanding that not every day is going to be perfect. Not every, you will have bad days. You will have bad weeks. You might even have bad months, but if you cling to the things of hope, then I think hope starts to give you a thinking about the future perspective. And I think for me, at least personally, when I was in such a dark place, none of my thoughts had to do with the possible future, what the future could hold for me, because all I saw for the future was darkness and sadness and nothing to look forward to. Um, and I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, every day, but figuring, thinking about yourself and what truly makes you happy, um, I think is a big part of it. There's a lot of things in college. I feel like that you do because it's what you do in college, like going out and partying and stuff like that. And that's fun and all that's, that's great. Go have fun with your friends. But, um, I think especially coming out of a mental place like this, you've got to find some things to do like that fulfill you. Um, personally, going out and doing those things isn't what fulfills me. Um, and I'm still trying to figure that out exactly. But yeah, just finding finding positive things that you can identify with um, and surrounding yourself 100%, letting people, letting people in for support is hard, is very hard and scary. Um, but it holds you accountable, I think. Um, finally opening up to my friends, telling, really telling my family kind of, I've basically been lying to y'all. This is what's going on. Um, and relying on others to hold you accountable and just so that others know what, what is going on with you and can be there as an actual support system is really important as well. Yeah, it's so, so important to hear you say those words that you cannot do it alone and how hard that was for you to admit you were lying and you did it and everyone rallied behind you and you're, you're on this, this other side right now. And there's great resources. You talked about a therapist that you have in your life and how meaningful that is to help you continue to work on some of the mental health issues that we all face. And I, I tell students, every day. I said, you'll never get one for free except for when you're a student mm -hmm. and you've got the counseling center and you've got the CARES team here on campus, which we will link to in our show notes. And just reminding everyone, if you think someone needs help, I, the word report is the wrong word to say, like report them to CARES, but let CARES know that they can reach out to this person, that someone cares about them, that someone realizes that they may be going down that wrong path. So those resources are so important, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. I that was kind of my first nudge into the into the therapy um mental health world was on campus and I had a I was set up I think with both a therapist and a nutritionist on campus. It was very, very easy to do. Um and so I would a hundred percent take advantage of that, those resources. 
Yeah, those resources are right here to support you. Um, if it's eating disorder, if it's relationship with food, if it's body image, we've got experts on that here. Um, so they can help you work through some of those challenges. And you mentioned at one point in your struggle that you were talking about being admitted to a hospital, but you resisted that. Did you end up doing that? No, I actually never ended up doing that. And I think um, I think everybody's experience is completely unique in their own. I mean, there's so many things that are relatable and all of that. Um, but I do still think personally, because I feel like a lot of people may look back and be like, yeah, that was just me not wanting to get better. Like I probably should have been admitted. But I truly think that my path that I took through recovery it was the most beneficial for me because I think it all comes with finding that internal motivation. Um, and some people find that through being admitted and need those resources. And mine kind of just came from a different source. Um, but yeah. Yours came from another source and you're in the recovery process now and you talk so much about motivation. What motivates you now? And, and I see your smile and I see you having hope about your future. You're going to be graduating and tell us a little bit about what's ahead for you and your new motivation. Yeah, I think I think thinking about the future, I'm, I think about the future in a completely different light than I did six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. Um, I, like I mentioned earlier, I just, I feel a lot of hope. Like I feel like there's this new door that has been opened that has shown me how much the world has to offer. You can truly do literally whatever you would like to do in this life. And I think that that's just so exciting to me. And for the past, however many years I've, I haven't been putting myself first. I haven't been making decisions with a healthy mind. Um, and now being able to think for myself and like make these decisions, such as like what job I'm going to accept, like where I'm going to go get my master's and just anything like knowing that I'm making those decisions for myself in pursuit of happiness and what I truly think is going to make me happy in this life it's exciting. And I think, um, me being an accountant, this is just like accounting specifically related. Like there are so many opportunities out there, whether it's to go work across the country, whether it's to work on like a really specialized cool team, whether it's to go work internationally, um, anything like that. And, and now I have the ability and power to do so. I mean, at one point I didn't, didn't know how much necessarily longer I was going to be here on this earth. So now the fact that I have as much time as I want to make whatever decision I want is very motivating and very exciting. So excited for you. You're talking about grad school and your internship and all the possibilities that are out there. And and when I think about all of this, it it turns me back to gratitude just for the moment, for, for this moment we're having this conversation, for this moment that anyone who listens to it is feeling connected to your story and knowing that there's no guarantee for 
an hour from now for tomorrow. And I know the pandemic has taught us that, that, you know, we don't have an expiration date stamped on our arm, like a carton of milk, Mm -hmm. but we are all mortal and we all need to focus on what we have. Um, Do you find gratitude helpful for you? You mentioned you like to journal. Does that tie in? Yeah, I've journaling is definitely like a new, new thing. I've experimented with I think it really just helps me like be in touch with my emotions um a lot of the times like I remember I would tell my friends like I'm feeling so incredibly anxious today or like depressed today or or whatever but I can't I couldn't like pinpoint those feelings as to why and I think that time of like whether it's journaling or just like sitting and thinking with yourself um makes you realize so much more than you ever thought I've told my friends before I think that the the one hour a week that I'm my smartest ever is the hour that I talk to my therapist because you start thinking about things and actually like talking and then you can make connections like oh this might be why I'm feeling this way and I think it just really helps you to get in touch with yourself um but yeah That's great advice, Merit. I'm so excited to hear you emphasize the importance of that. And as we wind down our conversation today, I always like to end with the time machine where we go 20 years into the future. So go ahead and um, pop in there with me and imagine that you are in the year 2042. So you can uh, do your math there on your age. Um, What advice would your older, wiser self give to Merritt Lemley in 2022 today? Oh, goodness. Um, I would say the thing that just came to my head right away, for a better lack of words, would be like, just get out of your own head and live in the moment and live life. I feel like so many times that's kind of when I catch myself is I'm thinking I'm having these negative thoughts, this this thought spiral and I'll have a moment and I'm like, what are you doing? Like there's so many other important things you could be thinking about right now, doing right now. Like just, it's so easy to find yourself trapped in your head overthinking things, whether it's a simple decision such as like plans for the weekend or whether it's with your mental health or plans for where you're going to get your master's and stuff like that. Like just act Act for act in the pursuit of happiness and get out of your own head and those demons in your head. Thank you, Merit. Yes. You're